This is the Tribune Talk podcast with Trussell Tribune publisher Scott Buttram and former city councilman Zach Steele discussing local news and politics. Hey everybody, welcome to the Trib Talk podcast. I'm Zach Steele along with Scott Buttram, the Tribune publisher, and uh, got a couple of things we wanted to talk about, mostly um, uh state laws this this week it's state law week i guess yeah. so uh scott we're going to talk about um the literacy act um in the legislature and then uh a a similar act uh in regards to mathematics so i'll let right. you uh open it up and, and talk about the literacy act first okay yeah these both of these bills they are state issues as you said but um they will affect schools locally at some point in time, that is our assumption. Though uh, the way the literacy, the way the literacy act is being handled by the legislature, uh, it looks like that's going to be later rather than sooner. The literacy act, and we may have touched on this before, to to, to probably oversimplify a bit, means that or says that third graders who are not reading on grade level will be retained. Uh, they will receive additional coaching, teaching, whatever is required to bring them up to speed before they're sent on to fourth grade. Uh, the legislature, that was supposed to go into effect at the end of this current school year. The, legislator, the legislature voted, uh, the House voted overwhelmingly yesterday. The Senate did the same thing earlier to delay that for two years. Um, the primary reason being that because of COVID, uh, the teachers weren't prepared for this. Um, again, this is reading not neuroscience, not astrophysics reading, mm-hmm. which you would assume teachers kind of show up on the job prepared to teach, but evidently not the case in Alabama. So we're going to delay that for two years. By the way, the, the bill to delay it for two years was brought by Roger Smitter, Smitherman, mm-hmm. Senator Smitherman, Democrat out of Birmingham. Know him well, yes. Um, and a lot of people know him, know him well, know his wife. Carol was a, a judge, maybe still is a judge in the area. Um, Here's what's interesting. Guess which school district has the highest percentage of third graders who are not reading on grade level? I would guess it's probably Birmingham City. Birmingham City Schools (laughs) and the district of Senator Smitherman. So uh, folks in Birmingham, if Senator Smitherman tells you how much he cares about your kids and education, He's lied. Yep. He uh, is lying to you. <laughs> so as an aside, while, while we're talking about the Birmingham City School System, I, I wanted to, uh, this, yeah. this jogged my memory of a, um, an interesting Uber ride I had the other day. Yeah, um, you had an interesting la- situation. <laughs> lady, that, the lady that picked me up in her Uber to drive me uh, down, down to dinner in Birmingham um, is a, was on spring break. She's a teacher in the Jefferson County School System, but she taught for years in the Birmingham City School System, and I yeah, we talked about that for a minute, and I said, uh, so how long have you been teaching in the Birmingham school system? She goes, well, I don't teach in the Birmingham school system. I'm blackballed from that system. <laughs> I said, well, you know, my curious mind said, well, why did you get blackballed? I asked, and she said, well, uh, I was the only teacher in the school that wouldn't just pass kids on. <laughs> I imagine that. She said the principal came to me and said, uh, this kid's got A's in every class, but he's got an F in your class, and this kid's attended every class. And you've got him absent for every class. So what's, what's the deal here? Wink, wink, nod, nod. And she said, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. This kid's not coming to school. I've got emails with his parents. And so, and, and she said, she went in, I mean, it was a, you know, for the 35 minute, 40 minute Uber ride, it was, I mean, she was, uh, 
she was dropping some bombs on the Birmingham city school yeah, system. Yeah. And then this is from someone who worked in that system. Um, and she said, it's just uh, a chronic nepotism problem where they're just right. hiring their, you know, administrators are hiring their kids. They're hiring their buddies, kids, they're hiring their buddies. They're not qualified. They're not certified. And it's just perpetuating itself and it, and they can't get out of it. And so you get, the results you get right now in the Birmingham's. And so when the state tries to step in and do something positive, you know, you right. get this. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, that, that just kind of lends itself to, you know, what's, what's, we, we see the symptoms because we see the test scores, uh, it just lends itself to what's really going on inside that system. And look, Birmingham's not alone. This is going no. on in multiple systems across Alabama. Uh, as, as a legislator pointed out to me recently, and he is correct in this, Alabama has school systems that can compete with the best in the country. Uh, the problem is they've got school systems on the other end of that spectrum, and there's way more on the bottom end than on the top end. So the, the Literacy Act would have been, and hopefully, eventually, maybe, will be a stopgap that could change education in Alabama. If third graders are able to read going into fourth grade, that changes everything. And just so you know the size of this problem, roughly 24% of third graders in Alabama do not read on grade level. One out of four. That's one in four. That is, uh, that is an unbelievably high number, and, and all the wisdom coming out of Montgomery, we're going to wait two more years before we do anything about it. It's, it's embarrassing as a state that our legislature would do this. There's no rhyme or reason for it. This was brought up by Democrats who have a super minority. They do not, they can't get anything passed at all uh, on their own. So Republicans crossed over and voted with them. It's, it's, it's a bipartisan problem in Montgomery. You, you think you voted for uh, Republicans, conservatives as your local representative, as your local representative, as your local senator, and, and you think they're going to Montgomery and doing what you believe in as a conservative. Well, they're not. And, and this is a prime example of how they go to Montgomery and they cave into special interest. By the way, AEA fought this vehemently. Mm -hmm. They sent in so many um, lobbyists to Montgomery that there was one AEA lobbyist per four, per every four legislators. They sent an army in. Yeah. And uh, they pounded on these guys and they, and they brought them in line and they did what they asked them to do. They also got ginormous teacher raises. This year, yeah, I saw. Uh, that. I mean, this through the roof teacher raises. I, I, so we're doing this for teachers who have, and I'm not blaming it on the teachers, but remember where we're ranked in education. Yeah, and and our and, and hey, I'm married to a teacher. We're going to laugh all the way to the bank. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, we're going to take the money. We're not sending any of it back. I know what my wife does, and I know how she delivers in the classroom. Uh, so I think she's worth every penny and more, but. As you look across the state, these raises are, are statewide. So you look across the state, it's really hard to find um, some districts where they are deserved, but that's what's happening. And this is why we cannot progress with education. This is one reason why we can't progress. So um, I, I don't, you mentioned uh, conservative legislators you know, failing their constituents. I, I, I mean, it, I think they all did. I, I, don't, but, I don't necessarily look at this as a, and I know people do, but I don't. I don't look at this as a partisan issue to me. This is not. This is common well, sense. Well, it was, the, and, the, I, and I realize that it. 
you know, down there it's a partisan issue. Yeah. But sitting yeah. here where I'm sitting, it's not partisan. We want, well, you wouldn't think education would be partisan. You, you wouldn't think that, um, that having a third grader to be able to read is a partisan issue. No, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Both sides of the aisle failed our kids. Yep. It was not. It was not partisan. It was a bipartisan failure to put this off for two more years. No reason in the world to do this, other than AEA didn't want it and the state um, superintendents association didn't want it because they're always going to fight accountability. They are always going to fight accountability. They want none of it. Yeah. And um, no, it is a bipartisan disaster. My point in saying that earlier was simply that the Republicans could have could have they could pushed have this it. through yeah. without input from the Democrats because they have a supermajority. They do, and they absolutely rolled over. Mm -hmm. So major failure on on that side of the aisle. All right, uh, moving on from that, um, a, a glimmer of hope. There is a yeah. a, a new <laughs> bill about standards for mathematics that is in the legislature right, right. now. You're referring to the Numeracy Act, which has passed. Uh, I believe it has already been signed by the governor. It, and I'm, I'm, rare, I'm very optimistic about it, but those op that optimism is tempered by the knowledge that our legislature... It's going to kick it, it down it, the road. It may, yeah, it may, it, it may just be window dressing. I mean, honestly, I, at this point, why would we believe anything they pass or anything they do? The Numeracy Act is kind of the companion to the Literacy Act, and it, as, as the name would suggest, it applies to math. If a school does not perform up to standards on math, uh, the state, the, this is where this bill, the Numeracy Act has some real bite. The state can come in and take over. They can declare that school a public charter school, which means it would still be a public school for everybody, but once it becomes a charter school, then all of the teachers can be fired. Principals can be fired. Administrators can be fired. They would be welcome to reapply, but the state would control or the, or the charter school board would control who's hired and who's not. Uh, it also gives the state the opportunity to send in massive amounts of money for math coaches, a lot of academic assistance for the kids. And, and that, this is one of those measures that would have a chance to turn things around. It, it gets rid of teacher tenure. Once you become a charter school, you don't deal with teacher tenure. So you can literally go hire the best. You can bonus teachers um, for coming and teaching in that area. It provides money that if a teacher graduates with a, as a math major and wants to go into teaching, wants to go into education, and they will work in these districts for X number of years, we, the state of Alabama can pay off their student loans. So <clears throat> there's a, there are a lot of really good tools in this toolbox, okay? Why would we believe any of it is going to be implemented as it should, when it should, when we have watched the Alabama legislature completely fumble the Literacy Act? Yeah. Okay? I, I mean, I, just, just, just put me in the group that says I'll believe it when I see it. So, question, is the, the, the Numeracy Act, did the, oh, the Literacy Act, did it have the same type of... You, uh, it did not have the mechanism to take over the school and turn it into a, a charter school. That, and, and theoretically, the state could do that anytime they wanted to, but the state of Alabama, the state school board has no backbone whatsoever, and the state um, uh, school board is elected, and so you end up with a pretty big mixed match of people who are intelligent and people who just know how to win an election. Mm -hmm. So there's not a lot of backbone in Montgomery anywhere, and, and that's not any different in the education department than it is 
uh, over, you know, across the street in the legislative offices. They're just very weak people up there. Mm -hmm. um, so it did not have all those mechanisms, no. Um, it did have the account of same accountability yeah. uh, factor. Well, maybe there's a glimmer of hope because it's actually in the bill and it's it, it, it's something that they could do. I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I believe it when I see it. I would love to see it. I would love yeah. to see some things turn around in that regard because I mean, quite honestly, we need it. I mean, it, it's well. Let me let me just go ahead and tell you what you're going to see. One, you're probably looking at several years and a lot of red tape mm -hmm. before the state gets to a point that they would take over. A school. Yeah. Okay. So we're probably looking at the first takeover being years down the road. Mm -hmm. That's not factoring in the likelihood that the local school district will probably file lawsuits. Yeah. And so that. And every teacher that gets let go. Yeah. yeah so you can, you know, you're probably going to have to go through quite a bit yet. I, I mean, that's and, and all of this tempers my optimism that this could be something that could that could change kids. If you don't have the backbone as a legislator to say sending third graders to fourth grade when they can't read is is where I'm going to draw the line in the sand, then why would we believe they're going to do that with math? Yeah, um, I, th that's part of the problem with the Alabama legislature, and, and I'm going back to the super the super majority with the Republicans who who really control all this stuff. Uh, they, they they really have not shown any strength at all, uh, any backbone at all. Um, I have had a legislator tell me recently, school choice is inevitable, and I, and I think he's right. Um, but why would why should Alabama if they know that why why are they making Alabama be the last the school choice bill parents choice bill died sent to committee and died mm -hmm. um, they better wake up because in other states across the country far less conservative than Alabama uh, parents are cleaning house in their state capitals yeah they are sending people home that do not recognize parents do have a role and do have a say in their kids education yeah. um, and you know we. we we see that on the local level here in Trustful mm -hmm. with a with a school board that can at times be completely tone deaf. Yeah, uh, parents show up at board meetings with concerns and questions, and they can't get a response. Yeah, I mean they just they, the the entire board sits there and just stares at them. Yeah, um, and I, I think I, I don't I don't know if they've been directed to do that by their attorney, but it's I think they have. I think that's you know we when I was on the council we would hear people that would come in yeah. to complain to us right about things that the school board was doing or wasn't doing mm -hmm. um, and you know we they would compliment the city council because we would at least engage with them right. and answer their questions right. as best we could um, but I think I, I think some of that is just you know hiding behind some attorney's opinion I think it could be um, and I, I, I don't like it I think that no. when when you go before, you know, people that are are in your community that you know outside, and they sit there and stare at you stone faced. Yeah. You know. Um, well, and, it's not a good look. And, and my point, and my point is, this is it's not a trustful issue. It's not an Alabama issue. This is happening across the country. Correct. Okay. And and it's happening in states you and I talked before. I mean, San Francisco. Mm -hmm. It's happening in parts of states that are yeah. uh, that are almost polar opposites. Yep. And, and, uh, and when you're talking in terms of political persuasion, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's an overwhelmingly liberal area or an overwhelmingly conservative area. Parents are revolting. Yeah. And you know, I, here, here's what I like about what I'm seeing: common sense 
is coming back. Yeah. And and the rank and file voters and communities are saying, I don't you know I don't care if you're an extremist on the conservative side or an extremist on the liberal side. That's not where the rest of the world is, and you're going to come back to the middle where yeah. the rest of us reside, yeah. or we're going to take government away from you yeah. and give it to somebody who will. Well, and that's, uh, I mean, the San Francisco thing. We talked about that. They, you know, they got rid of, they got rid of uh, Lincoln and George Washington on the name of right. schools, and then. Uh, I can't think of the other guy, the guy who founded the Sierra Club or something. The National Park Service uh, and those kind of things. The the general public, the average Joe Blow and Susie Blow citizen is just saying, we're tired of this. We're tired of this absurdity from one fringe and the other, and we're going to bring, we're going to bring government public schools, we're going to bring them back to the middle where, where we have agreement on 90% of the issues. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought up absurdity on both ends because our national topic today is the bill in Florida, um, which to me is absurdity on both ends. The <laughs> parental rights and education bill or the don't, or, or as liberals are calling it, the don't say gay bill. Um, yeah. And uh, I read through this uh, a couple days ago. And, I mean, to me, it is a bill in the Florida legislature to fire up their base. That's what it, that, to me, that's what it, what it does. Because if they were serious about it, they wouldn't have been so intentionally vague about it. What they're, what they're trying to do is, you know, drum up, you know, their drum up their base it's red meat and and in and and they did it to elicit a response from the left which they did <laughs> and the left's gone crazy and the right's digging in and we're just like everything else we almost always talk about in politics there is no middle ground it's i mean and and there's nothing in the bill by the way that says don't say gay right. there's nothing in there that says that <laughs> right um but there are some things in there to me that that are problematic, if nothing else, because um, when they say that there's not going to be any instruction or third-party education on on sexual identification and sexual uh, orientation or gender identification before third grade, or when it's age appropriate, whatever that means. Mm. Um, so, so who decides if it's age appropriate? You know, does, uh, and is age appropriate? Yeah, and who? And, and I guess it depends on what you think and right. what your what your belief system is. There are a lot of people out yeah. there who believe that we should never talk about this kind of thing because it's wrong. Yeah. Um, and you know, I am of the opinion that that schools are where you learn things and yeah, that's what they're supposed to be in spite of the first two things we talked about. And I, I think that discussion's a good thing. And you know, and people, and, and the bill says parental rights and education. Well, there are parents that will not talk about this issue with their kids. You know that as well as I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they do hear it from parents, they're hearing things that you know may or may not be good. 
Um, you know, I'll give you an example. One, one day, I, uh, riding in the car with my daughter and one of her little soccer friends, this is several years ago, we're passing Target, and the little girl says, oh, Target's terrible. And I, and I said, yes, I agree. It's, it's a horrible place to get around in. And she goes, no, it's terrible because they don't have a boy's bathroom and they don't have a girl's bathroom and they let, you know, and, and I'm like, where'd you hear that? My mom, <laughs> you know. So, I, so the opinions that you get sometimes are, are not the best thing. And I think sometimes other adults are, it's a good place to hear it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm for, I'm for talking about this, this kind of stuff. And, I'm all, and, and it's another reason why um, I don't like the bills that are banning critical race theory, even though critical race theory isn't being taught in our schools. But I, I don't believe in making bills vague to prohibit discussion of stuff. And so I've, I know you're like chomping at the bit to retort, so go right ahead. <laughs> well, let's start on the, on the part that w- where we agree. Um, the, the bill absolutely was red meat mm-hmm. for, um, for conservative voters. I, I agree with you on that. And, and I think, uh, as is the case with most bills, and not just Alabama, every state out there where politics are involved, uh, certainly, legislators are always looking for an opportunity to pander to their base. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think we can all agree on that, and, and I think we can agree that that comes from both sides of the aisle. Uh, every given opportunity, they're doing stuff like that. Uh, to me, probably the best example of that was uh, doing away with uh, the concealed and carry permits mm-hmm. in Alabama, which is going to, like I said, save me a whopping $7.50 a year <laughs> uh, right up until the time I found out that I've still got to spend the seven fifty if I want to have the license so I could use the reciprocal uh, deal with other states. In other words, when I cross the state lines, if I want to keep my gun concealed, uh, then I still have to have that seven fifty permit. So. You know, that was, uh, and I actually spoke to the um, sponsor of that bill, and, and he, he, I thought he, I thought he put a really good case on the table. I interviewed him, and, uh, but that's, and so that's just an example. But getting back to what we're talking about here, um, the Florida, I, I agree that, that it probably is a bit of pandering. Some things going on in Alabama with the divisive concepts bill that passed here. Uh, that basically it's not quite the same thing as Florida, but it's leaning that direction. Um, the, the other argument I've heard against these bills is that, and, and you just kind of mentioned it with CRT, uh, it's not being taught. It's not a problem. It's a, it's a solution in search of a problem is what mm-hmm. several have said. So looking at the Florida bill, and I, I kind of feel like an oddball in the media because I, I think I might be the only one who actually read through the bill in, in our <laughs> well, profession. I read through it too. Yeah. Um, but I did read it, and you're right. It does not say, don't say gay. It doesn't say anything like that. But essentially what it is saying is um, don't get into gender and sexual issues with kids where it's not age appropriate. And, and I don't think you would disagree that five years old to eight years old is probably not the age group we need to be having those conversations yeah. with. Now, if a parent chooses to have that conversation in their home, that is a parent's right, and they can do that all they want. Um, but basically, the bill says your teacher can't make that decision, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, and you brought up a good a good point. When is age appropriate? At, at first blush, I hadn't really thought about that, but at first blush, 
most of this stuff has been in biology and science textbooks for generations. It's not new, okay? And I'm talking about sexual things and, and well, gender identification. Gender identification is, and I don't. I mean, I, I really don't think I want a school, uh, a state school board who cannot teach one in four third graders to, to read. read. <laughs> to be teaching anything else beyond the basics. Um, and, and, you know, of course, that's, that kind of gets into the area where the concern is. But what Florida's bill is actually saying is this is not age appropriate. I agree with that. I don't, I don't think five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old should be having these conversations. And, but when I uh, say intentionally class. vague, you know, I agree with you that, that I don't think that you should be teaching that to third graders. No. But where, where, where they run into problems, to me, is they, they don't say what you can, what, what can, I mean, can you, right. can you not answer a kid's question about why their, their friend has two moms? Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I, how do you, how, I mean, so, I mean, and, the, and it's vague enough that if the teacher does, they could be sued by someone's parents. Yeah, well, they could be fired. I don't, and I, I imagine they could face the school district could be open to too. lawsuits. That's but, one of the things um, the bill says. I, I don't know how often something like that comes up, and I don't know how often a kid goes to their teacher with that. It, it may happen. I don't know. It yeah. may happen. But I, I think all that Florida's trying to do is say, if you're a teacher of this age group, this is an area you need to stay away from because these kids simply are too young to talk about these subjects. Yeah. And, and, the, and they are too young to talk about those subjects because they're too young to grasp those subjects. Yeah. And, and I, so I don't have a problem with drawing the line and saying, don't do this. Now, here's, here's, what I've, here's something that's been interesting. If you had said to me two weeks ago, as, as often as, as many people were saying, that this was a solution in search of a problem. This isn't going on in classrooms. This isn't happening. I would have probably said, you know, I think you're probably right about that. But I have seen things on social media in the last two weeks that lead me to believe it was going on. Now, I don't know that they're all coming out of Florida or any are coming out of Florida, but we have had a number of gay teachers since this bill passed go to social media and describe how they're generating these conversations with their students and how they are putting emblems up on the walls of the classroom and, and kind of leading the kids to understand what these symbols are. It may be a rainbow. I, I said I saw something the other day. A teacher was describing, I think, a pink triangle that means something, a safe space or something. And so I do think there have been some teachers actively going this way. And, and if that's the case, shame on them. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that's as inappropriate as, as a teacher having a sexual relationship with one of their students. Yeah. Should, this stuff should not be happening in our schools. Yeah. And, and whatever we need to do to put that, put that wall up, we need to do that and protect them. You know, we're, we're facing kind of the same thing in Alabama. It's not, it, it doesn't deal as much with um, sexuality as it does with race, where Alabama has passed the no divisive concepts uh, bill. And, and basically it says, they're not calling it CRT, but that's what they're referring to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and saying you, you, you can't teach that in, in classes, in, in school. And it's not saying you can't, we, we've all week long at, in Montgomery, we have had 
the, the sister of Denise McNair. Denise was one of the girls killed in the, one of the three little girls killed in the 16th Street church bombing. Her sister came and said, well, I can't teach this. Or I can't tell her story if y'all pass this. It, it, that's not, I, read, I read that bill too. And that's not true. We can still teach history. We can teach the civil rights movement. We can do all of those things. But what we can't do are have teachers telling black students, you are born oppressed because of your skin color. We can't have a teacher telling white students, you were born into white privilege because of your skin color. And, and I guarantee you, you and I both grew up with people um, who were white and faced many of the same economic disadvantages that, that some black families face and that sort of thing. They were certainly not born into any kind of privilege. I mean, I, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking literally of specific friends I had as kids that had absolutely nothing. I, yeah. Some guys less than nothing. Yep. Um, in fact, I had, had some black friends that lived in a housing, I had black and white friends that lived in a housing project. But I had white friends that to move to that housing project would have been a huge move up in their lives. Mm -hmm. um, and for whatever reason, their parents could get in. Um, and, and I don't know, maybe their parents' fault they could get in. But, but my point is, nobody is born into a set of circumstances that we can't overcome in this day and age. 20th, I'm old enough to remember when there was probably a time that wasn't true. Uh, that, that you could very well have been born into circumstances you simply could never get out of. I don't think that's true anymore. Um, but we've, you know, we, we, again, I think that was red meat, but I also think it's being abused by the other side. Who's I, I, and I don't disagree with you there. And one of the things that we, we try to do on this, this little talk that we do is um, we try to identify the areas where both sides are wrong. And then no. we try to talk about middle ground. What my point is in the middle ground with, with both of these things is we don't get anywhere unless we talk about it. Right. And, I agree with that. Um, I agree with and that. The, and I think in, in terms of this divisive, uh, divisive teach, whatever it's called. Um, divisive concepts. Divisive concepts. Um, you know, I don't know what the definition of a divisive concept is. What you said, what you just said well, is a you, divisive let me, concept. Let me put it this way. If you thought the Florida bill was vague, this read the Alabama divisive <laughs> concept bill because so, it could not be any more vague. So, you know, <laughs> so what are we, what are we talking about here? Well, I mean, are, we, are we talking you know about what? the fact that, you know, that people of color in this state, not just this state, yeah. across yeah. the country. Right from the, the inception of this country um, were, were treated unfairly and differently. Right. I think, you know, up, up until a certain point. Now, you right. can make the argument that they still are. You can make the argument that, that they're, they're, they're not. But to say that, that some of the stuff that were, was in my Alabama history textbook in the fourth grade or the sixth grade or whenever it was talking about slavery, I mean, looking back on that now, it, and we've talked about this, it, it, in my 40s looking back on what I learned when I was 10 years old, it's not, that's not reality, what they taught no. us in those books. And no. so I think that's, that's the argument on one side. And, you know, we, we have to be able to, to sit down and, and listen to, to someone say, well, this is how my ancestors were, were treated up until this point. Right. And, and then I can sit and say, well, this is how my ancestors were, my, 
Scots Irish ancestors were treated when they got to this country too, mm -hmm. you know, because everybody's got a background, and I, I think if we just listen, it, it's going to yeah, go a long hi way. History is what history is. Yes. And and whether it's good or bad, it is what it is, and and we should we should be teaching that. Yeah. Um, I, I I had the infamous No Alabama fourth grade Alabama history textbook. Uh, favorite whipping boy of uh, John Archibald at AO.com. Yep. And, and, and here's my answer to that. I, and I, those passages are there where it, it doesn't glorify slavery, but it whitewashes it. It definitely and, does. And, you know, it, the, 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 they, were, they were happy slaves, and they sang, and they danced around the fire. And yeah. Not, you know, all this hogwash. Okay, and, and yeah, listen, maybe there were some groups of slaves who had a fairly good life on the plantation, comparatively speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, they were still slaves, which means right out of the gate, they yeah. didn't have the life they deserved. Correct. Okay, because they were they were enslaved by other human beings, and that's that's you know in 2022, you can't even conceive that, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, these the, it's true that it's there. I also will say, and I have said, I don't remember ever having a teacher that only taught from the textbook. Yeah, that just was not, and you, and you probably didn't either. In fact, you're the child of educators. Um, I, we we had teachers that went far beyond the textbooks, and and the resources were far beyond the re, uh, uh, textbooks. So I, I can tell you, in fourth grade, even though No Alabama did have passages such as that in there, that is not the concept we were taught. Yeah. And I'm at a wall-white private Christian school. <laughs> sure. And yeah. I, I think the depth that we were taught on the civil rights movement, on what really happened during the Civil War and in uh, Annabelle, Alabama, was was far closer to what accurate what actually happened. I think it's far more accurate than those teachers are given credit for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you said, where are we going with this? I I, I think this is I think that's a bigger answer. Than yeah. any of these specific bills we're talking about. And, and I think they highlight the problem with public school education. Mm -hmm. Your child or children, my child, are in one of the better systems in the state of Alabama. They are going to come out with a good education prepared for college or, or the workplace, whatever they choose. Mm -hmm. That is not true in every part of this state. And yeah. we know that. The yeah. education our children are getting in trustful is is different than the education children are getting in Utah, Alabama. Yeah. And that concerns me because those kids in Utah, Alabama deserve every opportunity as well. Okay? Yes. I agree completely. And, and if we're going to change the state, we better worry as much about the Black Belt counties as we do the Trustfuls, Mount Brooks of the world where we have things a little bit better and our kids have a little bit better opportunity. So... This is my fear, and I don't. I, again, I don't think this is the Alabama issue. I think this is national. Public schools, at one point, American public schools were among the top five in the in the world. Mm -hmm. We have now dropped into the thirty percentile. Okay, among industrialized countries, that's embarrassing. That's terrible. And so, how do how did we get here? Part of it, I think, is we have used the public school system as a payoff vehicle. For political favors, uh, we we sent people to prison in the state of Alabama that had used the two college, uh, I'm sorry, two year college program for political payoffs, getting uh, jobs for friends, no pay job, no show jobs, 
Uh, it, it's, we, we've, we've squandered millions of dollars doing that. We have turned our K through 12 schools into political platforms. Uh, our state legislators are playing with these every single year for political reasons. State elected officials are playing with it for political reasons. We, and, and at the same time, we have, and this is primarily coming out of federal courts, more so than state courts, but federal courts have issued one edict after another to these teachers and these administrators, you have to do this. You have to do, every time a lawsuit shows up in federal court, involving schools or students, and they issue a ruling, then that immediately becomes the law of the land for everybody. And every special interest, every, every individual interest that shows up in court and wins creates another layer of bureaucracy for our teachers. Yeah. Okay? What, what I believe that the problem with public education is is that we are asking them to do everything under the sun except educate children. Yeah. And it's not fair. The teachers are, they should not have to be surrogate parents, counselors, law enforcement officers, and teachers on top of that. But that's what we're asking them to do, and we're asking them to do it every day. And then we get furious when, when they can't deliver on their calling, which was to educate children. I, I, I believe the public school system is in not early steps. I think they're further along the path of self-destruction. Yeah. Um, and I believe parents, parent choice in taking that funding and letting that funding follow the student as opposed to funding failing institutions is where this has got to go to save our children. Yeah. Doing all that stuff that you just said while at the same time uh, living off of our past successes from years and years before. Right. Um, kind of like Alabama fans in the 80s in football. So. Right, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll just pretend we didn't win the national championship here in Portland. But that's okay. I'm, I'm, I said the 80s, <laughs> into the 90s, into you know, the early 2000s. So, sorry, Alabama fans. <laughs> Auburn, Auburn people wish that they could talk like, yeah, this, even celebrate those guys. This is the last time I have a uh, podcast partner that's a token Auburn fan. <laughs> <laughs> token Auburn fan? Come on, man. All right, that's uh, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. We're going to hopefully be able to uh, talk about the uh, the uh, the trustful tax renewal, the property tax renewal. That's coming up next week. That's an important one, and that'll probably Comes be a topic. Tuesday. One way or the other, we're going to have this conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll know Wednesday whether or not, by the time we do our podcast, we'll know whether or not it passed. Any, uh, any inkling about what you think about how this is going to go? No, I, I, I will say this. I've not seen an organized vote no. Mm -hmm. um, I, I am seeing probably, I didn't expect much on a renewal. I, I just thought, yeah. you know, that most people would just agree to do that. I'm, uh, over the last week, there's been more anti-renewal buzz than I really expected. I, me but, too. Um, I, I feel the same way. I've been getting some of those private messages yeah. on Facebook and, uh, and text messages and those kind of things. So yeah. it's interesting for sure. And, and it's who's doing it that's been interesting. But we'll, we, you know, you never know how these things are going to turn out till till they turn out till people show up and vote and make a decision. So I don't want to be a predictor. I, I, you and I have talked about it before. I don't, I don't believe, no matter what your objection is, I, I really don't think um, cutting funding in schools really helps anything. Um, in fact, I, I don't. If, if Alabama were funding schools a lot better than we were, then maybe I see using that as a political ploy. But we're really not. So yeah. I, I would. And, I, and I, some of the concerns I've seen are very legitimate. 
frankly, and, and they've, they've got good reason not to be happy with the, some of the things going on. I, I still don't think not voting to fund your school properly is the right step yeah. to take. And some of the concerns that I've seen, I agree with you, they're, they're valid concerns. Yeah. I'm still going to go out Tuesday and vote for it because I got two kids in this right, school system right, and right. I want them to have every resource they can yeah, have. No, nothing, nothing is helped by cutting $4 million a year going no. to the school. So hopefully it will pass. But um, I also, I will say, I do understand those who have said, how else am I going to get their attention? Because they haven't responded to anything else. Yeah. And hey, I, listen, I get you. We, we've had questions in front of them about the assault at the high school gym. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going on three weeks now yeah. that we have not heard. We, we haven't got an answer back. Hopefully we will not within the next day or two, but um, the community hasn't forgotten that about that. I know they haven't because they keep hitting up my email, my text messages sure. <laughs> and private messages on social media yeah. asking, when is this coming? When is this coming? So yeah. I understand the frustration. I get that. Um, but we'll, we'll, you know, it's not, you're one vote, I'm one vote. We'll see how it turns out, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday. At least we're not going to cancel each other out this time. So. No, we won't. All right. That's our show, folks. We'll see you guys next week.